Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the church of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the word of God, which does not expire. Heaven and earth will pass away before your word passes away. And while the ungodly and the wicked are working according to other currency of dishonor and disobedience and rebellion, we want to press into the kingdom of God. We're going against the current of this world. Father, the days are perilous, dangerous. All things being redefined. There's, there's no more definition to manhood. There's no more definition to a virtuous woman. These rebellious witches are dictating the narrative of our generation. Wicked women who raise up their voice above the standard of God. And so we pray now in the house of God and we believe that our proclamation will establish the climate that we live in, O oh God. And that your word be true. That your word would be a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. That your word would be a double-edged sword and pierce our hearts. That we might be convicted and return from wicked ways. And return from ungodly lewdness licentiousness we make a license to sin and to rebel and to not go to church and not have a pastor and not listen to the pastor and not be part of the family of God and call ourselves children of the most high we pray that your word would be a good seed planted in good hearts that would give forth good fruit fruit that you will welcome into the kingdom that glorifies the father and I pray, Father God, that our meditation would be according to your spirit and according to your word and according to truth, O oh God, that we not walk in the error of the wicked. Show us the way we should go, Lord. Allow us time for repentance and to return and to walk in your direction. Forgive us our sins. Wash us with the blood of Jesus that we might be found blameless at your coming, O oh God. Renew and restore our spirit. We pray that you be glorified, Lord, and that you lead us in the way we should go and that we would be part of the assembly of the righteous for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. We all know the context of being out of sync with God. In Revelations 3.17, there's a, a man who's illustrated saying... You say, I'm rich. I have become wealthy. I have need of nothing. And you don't know that in reality you are falling apart. In God's economy, you're wretched, you're miserable, you're poor, you're blind, and you're naked. Isn't it awful? that thinking that everything is right 
In God's economy, it's upside down. So I was talking to a man recently, and he, you know, he says, my brother is super rich. And, I, and the first thing I asked him when he says that his brother was super rich, I go, does he know God? And he goes, oh, no, he's not. He, he doesn't know God. He's not saved. He doesn't know Jesus as Lord. He doesn't read the Bible. He doesn't obey. I said, your brother is a poor, wretched fool. Don't tell me your brother's rich if he doesn't know Jesus. You, you don't even know what rich is if you don't know Jesus. The measure of wealth comes by those, Proverbs 10, we read it here almost every Sunday, the blessing of the Lord is the one that makes you rich and adds no sorrow with it. Don't, don't tell me that you're rich and you don't know Jesus. Find out how someone can lead you to the Lord. Find out how somebody could invest time in your life so that you might have life eternal. So this man in Revelations 3.17, his, his definitions of his life was he was rich, he was wealthy, he didn't need to add anything. But the truth of the matter was someone, something else. And in context, the Lord tells him in verse 15, I know how you conduct business. I know your works. You don't like to be hot nor cold. I wish that you would pick a side so you would make it easier for God. Verse 16, so because you're neither hot or cold, but you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, nor cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. And, and so this becomes the, the, the reason why we concern ourselves with definitions. I always remind myself of Isaiah 520 that there are people that have switched their definitions and so they say, uh, woe to those who call evil good. Since there's no framework of value, then all their values are twisted and they go around flaunting evil as it was good. I, I want to tell you, I want to be the first pastor in America to say it. Tattoos are not what God created your body for. So if you go around flaunting your tattoos as something cool and some guys say, well, it's a Bible verse. Well, you're supposed to read the Bible, not put it, not ink it on your body. Obey it. Honor your parents. Walk in obedience. It's a shame that there's no more preaching in the land. If there's no preaching in the land, we won't know where the line is between right and wrong, holy and unholy. So we got a whole bunch of pastors that are not pastors because they want the sheep to tell them how they're to stand behind a pulpit. And the Bible says, woe to those of you who call evil good and good evil. You have changed your values. Who put darkness for light. Now some, some scary looking creatures are going about 
with every color of a snow cone on their head. These, these wicked women who go around as a disservice to their daughters and granddaughters. So the majority of the matriarchal system is, let's see how wicked mama could get. And how does she do that? She calls good evil and evil good. She puts darkness for light and light for darkness who have the bitter things as if they were sweet and the sweet things, the things that are appropriate and concern our peace, they have for bitter. And so in this world where things are twisted, where this man is defining his life upside down, the Lord calls him lukewarm because he doesn't take a position. The Lord says in verse 19, we're reading Revelations 3.19, he says, for those whom I love, I rebuke. So if you're getting rebuked this morning, don't characterize it as, oh, they don't like me. No, we do more than like you. We love you. And because we love you, we bring definition into your life. Because you have to know if you're going on the wrong side of the highway, it's not love to tell you, go, baby, go. This is one woman who decided to take up a relationship with another woman and then she tells me it, it feels good well my friend that's called lewdness and you're driving 80 miles an hour on the wrong side of the turnpike and you're doing a disservice to yourself and you're doing a disservice to anyone who runs across from you feeling good as you go about in your rebellion and so our children, uh, we went to our vacation and we ran into some lady named Elsa and she's frozen. And, and I told the little girls, the little girls were from two to six, five little girls. And I said, you know, she's a witch, right? You know that she's into witchcraft and you're singing her songs. And she goes, no, pastor, she was born like that. <laughs> no, she's a witch. And you have no business singing her songs and dancing to her tunes. Lest your daughters fall in her direction of rebellion. So be careful that, that this, what you feel. But it's so cool how Moana sings that she wants to rebel from the village. Yeah, it's all cool. But it's all singing a tune like I used to in the 80s when I was singing with ACDC and Kiss and Ozzy Osbourne. I'm on a highway to hell. And we're talking about a highway of holiness. And I was singing hell's bells. And I'm on a highway to hell. And I was enjoying the rock culture. But the Bible says we're not in that sentiment anymore if you're in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17, there's a difference between being in Christ and being outside of Christ. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. There's a, something different about how we, this was what Nick was talking about on Wednesday. We're living a whole other reality, my friend. Why? Because we're in Christ. We're not on the highway to hell. We're on the highway of holiness. We're learning a whole different direction Pastor Jose Mediero says, when you met me at 38 and said I needed to make a U-turn, I said, you bet. Because 
Let's go back to verse 18. No, verse 19. As many as I love, I rebuke. If somebody calls your attention, don't despise them. Appreciate them. Revelations 3.19. As many as I love, I rebuke, and I call to the attention. Therefore, be zealous. Get on the proper bandwidth and repent. Go in a different direction than what you're thinking and what feels good and what other people are applauding and praising. That's, that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. We're about to go into eternity and be confronted with everything that was upon the earth is upside down to God's kingdom. And so there we are told in 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 1... If you see that Christ suffered in this world, you also will suffer. So arm yourselves with the same mind that was in Christ. Arm yourself. What's arm? Weaponize yourself. Take up the weapons of your warfare that are mighty in Christ. They're not carnal. Start defining things in the proper light of God's understanding of life. Otherwise, you miss God. My heart breaks seeing the amount of girls who think they're going to follow twilight, fall in love with some vampire, and willing to sacrifice and go to hell in the name of love. And so I saw a sign yesterday that said, would you rather be right or kind? That's the climate of this generation. Well, well, if Pastor Molina was a little bit kinder, what, being kind to you means not telling you the truth? I'd rather be dead. I'd rather die than not be able to tell you what is correct while you're looking for the devil to be kind and take you to hell. So he says, arm yourself with the same mind. This is where the battlefield is taking place. Arm yourself also with the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. You know, when we're talking about the last days, these letters were written in our preparation for going into the last days. And so if if you say, I need to weaponize myself thinking like Christ, you have to go to Philippians chapter 2 verse 5, where he says, let this mind be in you that was in Christ. See, the Bible answers everything arm yourself with the mind of christ what is that let this mind be in you which was in christ and so paul is telling the philippians the same thing peter is writing in his epistle and he says let this mind be in you which was in christ what how do i think like christ verse six Even though he could act like God, was made in the form of God, in the image and likeness of God, he did not walk around as if he were God. Even though God gave you thoughts to raise up above God, he didn't give you the capacity to be made in his image and likeness so that you could be a God unto yourself. That, that's the, the, the error of the wicked. Well, since I could do whatever I want, I'm going to do whatever I want. No, my friend. Because you can do whatever you want, you deny yourself to obey Christ. Verse 7, 
Even though he was like God, he did not make it, he made himself of no reputation. He took the form of a bondservant and he came in the likeness of men. Verse 8, he humbled himself. He became, it says, being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself, became obedient. What's the mind of Christ? Humble yourself and be obedient. Don't walk in pride and lift yourself up in disobedience. That's not the mind of Christ. To be arrogant and proud and disobedient, rebellious. And he was obedient and humbled himself to the point of death and death on a cross. Verse 9. Therefore, God highly exalted him. The life that's hidden in Christ is a life of humility, obedience, a life of submission, a life of denying self. So you'll be highly exalted and given a name which is above every name. Verse 10, that at his name every knee shall bow and every tongue upon in, in those in heaven, earth, and under the earth. Verse 11, every knee shall bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Our lives is about living according to God's glory. This is my prayer every day. Lord, allow me to fill the earth with your glory. Allow me to do what you want, because I know what I want. This flesh does not want to submit to God. A life without God is doing whatever you want, as you want, as many times as you want. A life in Christ is to deny yourself. Whoever's preaching you another gospel has deceived you, has stolen from you. The Bible says, as we arm ourselves with the mind of Christ, 1 Peter chapter 1, who suffered everything and ceased sin. What does this mean? Nick was talking about it on Wednesday, verse 2. 1 Peter 4, 2, that we no longer live the rest of our time in the flesh doing what the lust of man does, but that we are seeking the will of God. God would even reveal these things to us. It's sufficient for us to throw ourselves in the ground and say, Lord, who are we that we should be taught not to live any longer the rest of our time in the flesh according to the pleasures of manhood. Listen, if you want to define the present state of affairs, the state of the union in the world is everyone is walking in the flesh according to their lust, not the will of God. So don't, don't be surprised that what we're doing is different. For the Bible says... Nick was saying that also, 1 Peter 1.18 on Wednesday. He says that we learn not to continue as our parents did in an empty lifestyle. That you were not redeemed with corruptible, but we were redeemed from the aimless conduct. There was no aim. We say we had a dart and there's no bullseye anywhere in the world without the will of God. But in the world with the will of God, the bullseye is his pleasure and not ours. His desire and not ours. His words and not ours. His mind and not ours. From an aimless way of life that we received from the previous generation. 
No, no will of God, no bullseye in the kingdom. Just everybody doing whatever they want. So here it is. It says, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 2, No longer should we live the rest of the time in the flesh according to the lust of men. And the lust of men is crazy. It's in every direction. Every color, every shape, every kind. Just letting your, this is what my brother the psychiatrist says, you want to go crazy? Let your thoughts run wild in every direction. That's what a crazy person is. There's no limits. There's no coming in. There's no going out. There's no sitting down. There's no standing up. There's nothing defined in the life of a crazy man. But in the life of those who do the will of God, we're not conformed to this world. We don't follow what the world says that we might know what is the acceptable, good, and perfect will of God. Not being conformed to this world. Because the world is walking in the lust of men. Verse 3, and I'm finishing right about now. I'm about done. You can't get enough of it, I know. This is better than Rush Limbaugh and Howard Stern. This is the Lord's word. He says, for we have spent enough time in doing the will of the ungodly. Hey, man, you started with a little tattoo here. If you're going to follow the ungodly, you have to vampage your whole body into a labyrinth of craziness. Because it's not just going to be one little heart or one little flower. You're going to have to put tattoos where the sun don't shine. If you're following the wicked. Enough doing that lifestyle. We, when we walked, we used to walk like them. Listen to what this is. Here it is. This is the whole life of the ungodly. When we walked in lewdness, what felt good, the pleasures, the senses, in lust, desire. The Bible says never-ending desire. When you run out of women, you start on men. When you run out on men, you start up on children. When you finish with children, you're on animals. The lust is unbridled debauchery and depravity, vulgarity in every direction. And for some of us, we're like, ooh, pastor, you went over. No, I didn't go over because there's no limits of wickedness to the ungodly. You, you don't have any definition, so they run wild. Lewdness, lust, drunkenness. You say, well, why do people get drunk? Because they don't want to feel the craziness they're feeling. They get drunk from 6 o'clock in the morning to 4 to 3 o'clock at night. 3 o'clock in the morning the next day. It says revelries, drinking parties, abominable idolatries. Everything becomes an idol, something more important than God. Verse 4, this is the lifestyle of the ungodly. In regards to these, they think it's super weird that you don't run with them. Hey, man, I'm getting a tattoo on my eyebrow, my ear, my back. Why don't you do it to you? Like, are you insane? First, you don't want me to keep within the paradigms of God's holy, pure word. And now we're doing things way out there. You thought it was a problem to keep God's order. Now your insanity is no order. I wanted to bring you to the straight and narrow, and you have launched me out into lost space. 
where life doesn't mean anything to you no more because you don't know if you're married to a man, if you're married to a woman, if the woman's to get pregnant, if you're to get pregnant. Things have become upside down and you're following the gospel being shepherded to hell because of your rebellion. I know I'll get an amen somewhere in Miami. The error of the wicked is like Frederick Nietzsche. We've already gone this way before. The German philosopher who killed God. He said, God is dead. Let's not keep the parameters of the church. Let's not be limited and restricted by the word of God. And he became insane at the age of 30. Why? Because there was no longer anything defined. Mr. Potato Head was not Mr. Potato Head no more. Mrs. Potato Head didn't matter. Because what do you do? You, you, you can't put it together. And so the wickedness of the ungodly is the destroying of every definition. I used to tell my children growing up, there's a father in this house. What's that mean? That you're to honor him. That there's going to be instruction coming from his mouth, from his lips. Because God would instruct him to keep the commandments of the Lord and to teach his children. So we walked in that way and we've lived a dream. We, we've lived the, everything God, everything in its proper place. Ecclesiastes 3 Verse 11, he makes all things beautiful in its place. He makes everything beautiful in its measure. And then you're, you're taking measure out of everything. And so you don't have any substance to anything you're living. You don't know how to put a marriage together. You don't know how to put a family together, Rosie O'Donnell. You don't know how to put a marriage together, J-Lo and Alex Rodriguez. Why? Because you've trampled the tenets of marriages, like, like marriages parameters. The measure of everything God put together for us to live a dream here upon the earth. Everything is trampled. But God makes everything beautiful. It let God define what love is. Ephesians 3.17 says... To know the measure of his love. That you might be grounded and rooted in love. Verse 18. Because when you know all the width, the length, the depth, and the height of his love. Can you comprehend the measure of God's love in every direction? You're going to be living a life that others will sit there and say, how'd you do it? And you'll say, I follow Jesus. I got saved when I was 16. Started learning what no sex before marriage was. How to honor your father and mother. How, how to, to put diligence in your study. Showing yourself approved in your career, in your profession. Being excellent in these matters. So that you can live everything that God has for you. That God hates laziness. Because it's like a, a thief that steals and strips you of everything you have. We're done in, in, in 1 Peter 4, 3, he says, we've spent enough time in our past doing the will of the Gentiles. We already walked that way. Nick used to say in high school, he was 17 years old, and his friends would say, when did you stop smoking? He said, I stopped drinking 17 years ago. He was 17. He had never started. Why? Because he wasn't walking outside the highway of holiness, even at 17. 
He wasn't running the highway to hell. We've spent enough time living. Listen, you wicked people, you ungodly people, you sinners, we're done in that lifestyle. We're finished. There's nothing there for us. We're not pursuing it. These preachers that are living behind the scenes in a sinful lifestyle have not tasted Jesus Christ. That's why they have to go cheat on their wives. They have not known not to deny themselves. We're done living like in the error of the wicked. Verse 4, let's hurry up. We're about to finish. In regards to these, they think it's strange you don't run with them. Hey, why don't you come with us to these orgies? Why don't you come to us to these parties? Why don't you go and listen to all these rebellious people in these rebellious concerts? Why don't you like the, the new style of music? Because I'm done. I'm done running in the error of the wicked. It's not going to end in a good place. Hopefully somebody will tell them. Bad Bunny, Pitbull, and all these guys. You need a U-turn. You need godly men in your lives that will point to the way of the Lord. You need to have be in the company of people like Nick Molina. You need to be in the company of people who have been saved. Not that we're good, but Christ has come into us. And our measure is awesome in Christ. Proverbs 29, 18, where the people can't see clearly, they cast off restraint. What's restraint? That which holds you back. Holds you back from what? From destroying your life in lewdness. In everything crazy this world has to offer. And it's getting more and more bizarre. And if you let them dictate your narrative, get ready for a horrible roller coaster of a ride. We continue on. They think it's strange you do not run with them. But guess what, my friends? I, I, we need to tell the world, 1 Peter 4, 5, they will give an account to God who's ready to judge everyone, the living and the dead. They will give an account. Listen, they will give an account. What's that mean? They're going to have to sit there and act like they didn't know what they were doing was wrong. And that's the problem with the error of the wicked. They think God is not looking that they won't be judged, that there's no measure of accountability. That's why they run that way. Verse 6, for this reason the gospel was preached also to those that are dead, that they might be judged according to the men in the flesh, but uh, that live according to God in the spirit. So I wanted to get a little bit into the mindset of the wicked Verse 7, the end of all things is already within reach. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your intimate conversation with God in your prayers. Psalm 36, verse 1, David tells us a little bit about the mindset of the error of the wicked when he says, uh, this is an oracle within my heart. He was, he was thinking about why do the wicked think the way they do? Why do they live the way they do? Why are they into sensuality and lewdness and rebellion and disobedience? There is no fear of God in their eyes. They don't think they're going to have to give an account to God. That's, that's why they run wicked and wild. They don't think that there's going to be a God they're going to have to answer to. Verse 2, and I'm finishing with this. 
for he flatters himself in his own eyes. Man, they think they're impressive. Wow, everything looks good, everything is going good, until you sit there and let them know that they miss God. They miss the word of God. They miss the gospel of Jesus Christ. When he finds out his iniquity and, uh, and when he hates. It's talking about God's measure of beholding some things and hating others. Uh, verse 3, the words of his mouth are wickedness and deceit. His definition of, look, I'm rich, I'm wealthy, I have need of nothing. The words of his mouth and wickedness are deceitful. He has ceased to be wise and do good. There's no wisdom in his life. He doesn't even know how he's falling apart as he's boasting in his wickedness. Verse 4, he devises wickedness while he's yet on his bed, ready to go to bed. He sets himself in a way that is not good. He does not hate evil. He doesn't know what the measure of evil is to be able to despise it. The message Bible says the God rebel tunes in sedition all ears eager to sin. He has no regard for God. He stands insolent before him. He has smooth talk in himself believing into believing that his evil will never be noticed. The words gutter from his mouth, dish water dirty. He can't remember when he did anything decent. Every time he goes to bed, he fathers another evil plot. When he's loose on the streets, nobody's safe. He plays with fire and doesn't care who gets burned. People, I just want to say this morning that there is a contrast in the gospel between the saved and the unsaved, the godly and the ungodly, that which is right, that which is wrong, that which is wise, that which is foolish, that which is, is headed to heaven, and that which is destined to hell. And I think that we've covered plenty of ground to consider it sufficiently meritorious to walk in the direction of God every day of our life with every thought, every word, and make sure that our heart does not deceive us because we're not missing anything out in this world and everything they're doing, the recklessness and deliberate disobedience and defiance to the spirit of God upon the earth, insulting the spirit of grace that leads us to salvation is by no means something that we should consider admirable. The poor lost soul that needs Christ more than ever. Father, thank you for this day in the house of God. I pray that this, these words would be sufficient to turn the hearts of men towards you. That it would encourage the families that are paying a price to deny themselves and to walk in God's direction. In God's mindset. In the fear of God. I pray that your Holy Spirit continue to pour forth in this house as a house of worship. We want to be blameless at your coming. We want to be ready. We want you, Father God, to renew us in your presence. Restore us by your spirit. Encourage us through your word, through your promises. And I pray in Jesus' name that you deliver us from evil. For yours is the glory and the honor and the power forever and ever. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. God bless you. In Jesus' name, go and change the world. Raise up the banner of Christ and shine like you've never shown before. For the glory of God is with you.
I love you in the Lord and looking forward to being with you on Wednesday night at 7 here at Spring of Life for our midweek service. God bless you.